welcome back to season two, episode four yes. of Postmortem. We hope you've had a nice couple of weeks yeah. since our last episode. How, how have things been for you? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, good. I'm enjoying the summer. I mean, summer in London is always... You, it's nice that the days are long and every day when it's so light till so late, you feel like you lose track of time and it's like... You can be out for Nothing ages. Nothing beats summer in London. There's something about, there's something in the air. There is. But then at the same time, it's just not a city designed oh, for no. summer. It's disgusting. It's horrible. The weather-wise. And you can be somewhere hot. where it's really nice, but then if you have to get somewhere else, you have to get on the tube and it's like a Nasty. sauna. Yeah. They need to fix it, but I don't know. I don't know if it's worth fixing it for just a couple of weeks, but who knows? <laughs> climate change in the future it might be like this for half the All year the yeah so what have I been up to I've just been working and there's loads of there's loads of birthdays and things in summer, summer. so both of us yeah both of us yeah exactly nearly nearly almost a month apart yeah we? almost a month apart yeah so there's our birthdays but there's loads of other people's birthdays as well loads of our other cousins family it's also my parents' wedding anniversary coming Ooh. up, their 40th wedding anniversary. I was going to say, it's a big one this year, isn't it? Yeah, 40 years. What are you doing for them? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> isn't it such a thing about, um, like, I don't know, I, I don't know, other cultures might be different. Yeah. But I feel like in our culture, like South Asian culture, it's like always expectation on the kids to do something for their parents' wedding yeah. anniversary. Yeah. It's like, it's your wedding anniversary, you go do something. Exactly. Why don't we have to organise it? I did, I did, I, I keep asking my dad what he wants to do and he keeps saying various different plans that basically involve my mum having to like cook a bunch of food <laughs> and I'm like, what about something that's like less effort for both of you? <laughs> Why don't they just like go away on... For a weekend, a long weekend. Yeah, week I think long. they enjoy being with family and stuff, yeah. though. They want to they celebrate want to it together. Yeah, so we'll see what they end up doing. It's in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, yeah, I have I've kept something under the wraps from you guys. I've been training for a 10K. Yeah. So that's been my, my main occupation the last month. Main occupation? So. Yeah. Well, as in, like, main pastime, I guess, not occupation, yeah. but, like, pastime. Eight hours a day, every yeah. day. <laughs> God, can you imagine? I can't imagine anything worse. It's training for this 10K has honestly been probably the worst thing. Yeah. Going from, like, zero time, I didn't give myself much time to prepare for it as well. This mm. is my worst of the week. Yeah. Is the tra- it's the worst of my last month in a bit, actually, <laughs> is training for this 10K, because it was just Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I haven't run in a really long time. I'm not a runner. Neither the most I've ever done is a f- like 5K, which I used to consistently do when I was in my like final year. I remember of uni. last summer, Rhea was planning to do a 5K, and then it got cancelled. No, ten, that was 10K. Was it a 10K? That was 10K. And it got cancelled, well. and I remember it. that was because of the weather. Yeah, and I was so relieved. I was thinking, yeah, like, I thought it was God. so funny. <laughs> I was like, thank God. And they are, they rescheduled it and was like, can you, if you can't make the new date, you can get a refund. I was like, refund. <laughs> My friends did it. Um, went ahead and did it for the yeah. new date. But I just, yeah, I wasn't in the right frame of mind. But um, yeah, I decided to go for it and actually do it. Because I've been meaning mm. to do do it. So it's been challenging because, I did, like I said, I didn't give myself much, much time to prepare. Mm. So I'm starting off with the worst of my week slash month. But... Fair enough. What's your best or worst? Whichever one you want to go first. Well, I'll go for the worst because it's kind of on theme. Even though the summer is so lovely, if you're a hay fever sufferer... Oh, the worst. Like me. And I feel like... you know they say All those male trees. All, yeah. <laughs> all, all the, like, um, 
I don't know if you like, you know, they say you attract friends that are similar to you. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of friends mm. that have bad hay fever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not alone, but you go outside anytime anyone's like, oh, I'm going to do a birthday. I'm going to do a picnic in the in park. park. <laughs> oh, I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, yeah, sounds great. I know that the whole time I'm going to be like blowing Dying. my nose, squinting my eyes, coughing, um, streaming. Yeah, so the hay fever is the worst. If they could cure hay fever, it's one. It's like the common cold. There's no cure for that either. No. I mean, I mean, I think if they could cure hay fever, it would make my life drastically better in yeah, the summer. Even even if you take antihistamines, even if you do all the say, like, because mine is nowhere near as bad as yours. Yeah, I think mine. I I don't have to take antihistamines every day, but mm. it's only like on the odd occasion if I'm around that whatever pollen it is that I'm allergic to. Mm. That's when I do feel it quite bad. But I if wonder I take if you a tablet, lived in because uh, I I live quite centrally and there's like a lot of pollen in central London. Yeah, maybe it'll get worse. Yeah, because I know people who grew up in the countryside never had hay fever and they moved to London and their hay fever was horrendous. Mm. I sent you something about this thunderstorm hay fever thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunderstorm, oh, thunderstorm asthma, asthma, sorry. Yeah. Thunderstorm asthma, apparently. That's the thing, because your asthma has been worse. And it's I... got better now. Yeah. And I think it's because the humidity is reduced. Improved, yeah. And I'm, my asthma got really, really bad for a few weeks when it was kind of like stormy out Which is probably to do with, I know you say your hay fever is not that bad, but it's probably to do with hay fever. Yeah. And it was it was really bad. I was waking up in the night, but it's mm. so much better now. I don't have to That's use it near, near as much. Yeah. Um, so but yeah so my worst of the week is probably hay fever because it just spoils those like sunny days I mean I still yeah, go does. out and you because you still want to go out and enjoy but you just know that you're, you're gonna, gonna be suffering. internal suffer yes yeah, yeah. Okay. what about your best thing this week my best was actually that I did have my birthday yes yeah so I that's another thing I kept under wraps I did have my birthday yeah happy birthday thank you thank you even though I said it Bel- at the time yeah belated now because we're a couple of weeks past it but I'm another year older and none the wiser. Yeah, I think that's probably, <laughs> probably accurate. <laughs> so rude. I think it's been accurate for your whole life. But you're still very young, so there's time for the wisdom to come. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got any wisdom. I don't know why. She's been well. saying, you've been saying for I do ages, feel really, you feel, I feel like old. this age is very old, but it's only one year older than you were. I know, but I just, I just feel a lot older now. I don't, I don't mm. know. Maybe it's all this ten k training is wearing all my joints out. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, life, you know, life experiences. Yeah, they that's age true. You. I think that's probably why I feel a lot older this yes. year than I than I have in previous years. I think my, that's my feeling as well. Yeah. Because you've said it a few times that you feel so much older, and I've been like, like. Time is sort of linear, like nothing's really. I know, really but I, just, I, I don't know. You hit a certain point, though, don't you? Well, you just don't feel. I think also I've been spending a lot of time with my nieces, and they just consistently make me feel really old. I went shopping <laughs> with her. I'm the opposite. She like I showed her something. I was like, oh, this is a really nice outfit, and she was like, turned her nose up at it. I was like, ew, that's like really ugly. That's I don't. I think. I think you've always been like interested in things older than your years or yeah. whatever, but. I think I, you know how people have like body dysmorphia. I think I have time dysmorphia. Like I think I'm really young. <laughs> and I'm I older don't. than you. I'm like I'm young. I'm interested. I was I was at something the other day and someone was like, "Oh, you're on TikTok," and I was like, "Yeah, I really enjoy TikTok." And they're like, "That is so. You're such a youthful spirit." Mm. I mean, she was. You are quite youthful, though. I think. But I think the. I think I feel old because I hung out with all of these people that were so much older than me. Like me. Yeah, like you. Like all of my cousins, like, you know, like. Yeah, I'm older, I, and yeah. I think that's why. Yeah, no, I. I feel like I'm an old soul in a young body. 
Yeah, I think you feel like that definitely from the way you talk about and things. And my parents as well, like, yeah, you know. I yeah. grew up on Magic FM, like I wasn't allowed to listen to all that music. young music. I yeah. was always in the 60s and 70s. But it was funny because this girl I was speaking to, it was at a friend's Hindu, and she's three or four years older than me and she's like, I'm... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I just think TikTok is like just for young, younger people. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, there's so many people on there, though. I was like, there's so many people I follow on there that are way older, older than me. Yeah. yeah, but I do think part of feeling young is not feeling like things are too young for you. Yeah, like just engaging, engaging. With yeah, with it, yeah. That's I so that's, true. I think that's part of it. What's know? um? What was your best of the week? I don't really have a best of the week, but when we were looking up dates that were relevant to the podcast, mm. July 16th, which was just a couple of days ago, mm. was actually National Ice Cream Day. Oh, I know what you're going to say now. Uh, well, firstly, shout out to our cousins, because there are some funny stories in our family about ice cream. But yeah, the other thing I was going to say about ice cream is, and I've told you about this, but Marks and Spencers, another shout out to one of our favourite oh, shops. Oh, I love They have these like choc ices that are coconut. She did buy some earlier. I'm hoping that she'll let me have some. Oh yeah, I mean I bought them because you told me you told told me about them, and I actually made a detour and a and a stop a couple of weeks ago to go to bloody M and S to get them, and they didn't have them. I know. So I can't wait for after this. I'll give you guys a review in the next episode (laughs) as to how these. But yeah, go have an ice cream. It's it's two days after National Ice Cream Day, but you know it's summer, so anytime's a good time. This week's episode, what are we talking about? We're talking about moving out. Yeah. Why is it such an important topic, Rhea? (laughs) Because I'm trying to move out. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were were planning ideas for the episode and I was getting frustrated because I do kind of want to move out, but I'm in a situation that is a little bit complicated. Yeah, you want to I move guess. out, but you're you're kind of in between. But I feel bad, yeah. Like I'm in be- so I moved out when I was 18 and I've lived away from home for eight or however many years, mm. several years. What was like, oh, six. Well, no, cuz you moved <clears throat> to another country, didn't you? Yeah, so t- when I moved to U- for university, I moved moved abroad and I lived in Spain for a few years and that was lovely. It was amazing. Best experience of my life. I'm yeah. so glad I did it. And then I moved back home very briefly the summer after I graduated and before I moved away again but in for the my UK, new job. Yeah, yeah, in the UK. But I was still a while away from my parents. A I was like hours drive. Yeah, yeah, I was like three hours away from them. So it wasn't, it was like far enough away that you can get away with not having to come home every weekend, that sort of thing. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I then had to move home again last year. Mm. And you've been for, home for like a year or so. Yeah, now. pretty much a year, like end of June. Yeah, so about a year. Yeah, now, about yeah. a year. So, yeah, I mean, it's I had to move back due to personal circumstances, but it was more like family circumstances. But I think I'm at the point now where I feel ready to move out, but there's also a lot of other conflicting feelings that I have inside about moving out yeah and I think that's not unique to you there are lots of people that can probably relate to those situations yeah so yeah so my experiences so I lived with my parents until I was 18 and then I went to university in London and so it was a different experience because it's kind of that thing of where moving far away versus moving nearby so when I was applying to universities I think I applied to just one university outside of London, but the rest were in London. It's because for me, 
I'd actually lived abroad. I think I've mentioned on the pod before that I lived in Australia. And so I hadn't really been in the UK for that long. And London was just this big, fascinating city. And it still is to this day for me. Like, I love being in London. And we've talked about this before in the first ever episode of the podcast, actually, about how London is so diverse that you just really feel at home, especially if you're not a white British person. And so... I wanted to explore being in London. The difficulty with that is that my parents live within the away, yeah. within the M25. So yeah. it's like, it's a half an hour train. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I moved out for university for first year. And then for the rest of my degree, I was living in London and studying. And then after that, I've pretty much been in London working ever since, but never moved back home. Yeah. I moved home briefly at times, like... Obviously, during university, during the summers, I would come home for like a couple mm. of months. And then a few years ago, actually, the only time I lived at home whilst I've been working was like, again, like family, there was a family situation yeah. and I moved home for a couple of months and was commuting, which it's an awkward thing because lots of people live where my parents live and commute into London. Yeah, yeah. But I moved out and then I kind of just have never moved back home fully. Mm. And that's my story. And, and I don't think... We've kind of moved beyond the period of time where they expect me to move back home. Yeah, I have to say our parents have been quite good because I think culturally there's a big expectation for other people of South Asian like mm. you know background to not move out until they get married, especially if they're women. Yeah. But our family have always been quite good at not making it too much of a thing in terms of moving. I think all of us have obviously gone to university and done degrees, and I think our parents have never really held us back in terms of moving out yeah. for that purpose. I, I never felt any restriction. I mean, I, they couldn't restrict me because my university was in another country. <laughs> well, that's but, the other I mean, interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, I think a lot of young people want to move out of home when yeah. they become an adult, and then the obvious easy thing is, like, oh, my university's in Manchester, yeah. so obviously I have, I to, have move. to go. Yeah. Or abroad, and you obviously have to go, for example. It's an awkward... So there's there's this difference between moving far versus moving near. Yeah, because yeah. I think for you, your experience is you moved far away. Yeah. So whilst well, I think you're at even uni, if I was in London, I yeah. don't think my parents would have really said that much. I, uh, I think you... like So from experience... Did your parents It say? took a long time. and It, it would be different. Honestly, yeah. from my experience... In my first year of university, I think my parents knew like the first couple of months I want to just be yeah. there, but there were definitely it was definitely an adjustment period, yeah. and I think you would have had the same thing because I would still like, for example, our church that our families go to is in London. Oh, they, they were yeah, kind that's of true. I hadn't I've forgotten. Yeah, about all that. Yeah, yeah. So they like I would go to church quite often when our church was in central London, but also. You know, just other things like, oh, we're having some people over this Saturday. Oh, yeah, are you coming? coming? What are yeah. you doing? Are you coming? That's so yes. true. Yeah. So That's it would have been so the same true. for you because I think your dad and my dad are similar in that yeah. way in terms of asking. And I think we went through a period of time of I didn't have the easy excuse of being like, oh, well, it's an eight hour train away. So yeah, I'm so obviously I'm not, not going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to sort of be like, I've got something else or, I mean, these, obviously when it was near exam time, they didn't expect me to come home because I was going to the library and revising, etc. But moving far versus moving near when your objective is you want to move out, moving far away, the advantage of it is... Not having that expectation of yes. your parents on you. Yeah. Not and, having the pr- to, and the pressure. Yeah. And the pressure and, and not having to like 
change the nature of the relationship. Yeah. Which is what I think I sort of did over you, time. You almost had to condition your parents into getting used to... They like, had to get this, used to the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you just, like, can't live. Yeah, whereas the difference is when you move far away... Yeah. You... They just have to get on with it. They have to get on yeah. with it. And then There's when no they, they can either come visit you... Yeah. Or you'll come back for the holidays, and then that's fine. That's yeah. dedicated time. But yeah, so there's definitely the thing of moving far versus near. So if someone's looking to move out and listen to this podcast, if Pick you don't wisely. Wanna, if you don't yeah, <laughs> if you don't want to deal with all the like drama of the adjustment period, just move as move far away as far. possible. Yeah. My mum actually said that to me once. Really? Yeah, because I me and my mum are very close, but she once said, Oh, like if you wanna, you know, go live your life, go somewhere far. far away. She, I remember she suggested <laughs> Scotland once. This is off obviously after I qualified and I came mm. back. Um but yeah, she she once said said that to me. Yeah, so if you want to avoid all that, moving far away is an option. But at the end of the day, you know, why is it such a big deal for Asian families when you move out? Because it certainly seems like, I mean, I know my friends who aren't Asian, they don't have this issue, really. No, they don't. It's like celebrated in other, like, other cultures, really. To yeah. like move out, be financially independent, be responsible for your own, you know, mm. things. But I think for us, like I said, it's very much... For, and it have for a long time has been something that you do for as a woman when you get married that's when you leave your parent like the parents house yeah it's bizarre really because I think it comes from a place of love of always wanting somebody to have you know give you a home and provide mm. for you but it also I feel like as there's like an underlying element of control yeah to it as well yeah you know they think you know if you're under their roof that's their mm. yeah there, there's control. like there's this expectation, yeah. isn't there? And and part of it is sort of something traditional because if we go back in like my parent in our parents' generation, if they were living in India, it wasn't the norm for people to move out without being married. Yeah. Well that was their way of getting financial independence and Yeah, I think there's like also that. feelings of guilt. Yeah. I mean we talk a lot about guilt culture. We've mentioned it across mm. several episodes. Maybe we should do a whole Episode, episode on guilt, on guilt yeah. because I feel like that's something that we definitely both experience. I think I never really realised how much it impacted me until in the last year or two is when I've really realised. Oh, it's massive. But it's it's definitely, you know, and your parents be like, oh, you know, is this not a nice enough home for you? Are mm. you going to, you know, they'll, they'll it plays to that emotion quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, one of the other aspects I saw when I was reading about things to do with South Asians moving out, which was quite interesting because it doesn't really pertain to you or me, Mm. is financial contributions. So I read a story about someone who was trying to move out, but their their parents didn't have high-paying jobs. Yeah. And they were quite traditional and they expected they would live, that you would go to university and then live with them and work and contribute to, to the their finances household, of the household. Yeah. And That's I thought true. that was that really must interesting. Be, that must be really, really tough. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm neither of our parents have ever expected, expected us that, to yeah. financially contribute to the household. I mean, I'm sure we both offered probably, but yeah. they've never, they've never accepted no, it. But yeah. I can't imagine the burden that, that the people that are in that situation must feel mm. when they want to gain their own independence, but they feel so tied. Yeah. Because your parents, way. your parents can easily say, you know, we've worked so hard to give you all the opportunities you've had and put our money into that yeah. in the expectation that we're going to get some a return out a of return it. out of yeah. it. So you're now working. You like let's say your parents didn't go to, like our parents didn't go to university, mm. but they worked really hard so that you could go to university. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, you've now got a high paying job. 
you would maybe feel like you're expected to live at home and contribute to the finances at home and that's a really tough situation so if you but at the end of the day like your life is your life yeah and if you want to move out you still it's still legitimate I just imagine even in our situation we feel sometimes the sort of like am I being selfish yeah question and I can imagine if you have that financial side to things as well it's it's so much worse because you're like well they paid for this and that for me you do you do feel selfish you feel guilt and self like and you feel like doing something guilty for that you're being selfish. Yeah, yeah. guilty but that you're being selfish. Exactly. But I think you know, is it selfish to want to move out? I don't think so at all. I, th- I think it's good for like just yourself, like gaining mm. that independence, learning about yourself. Because I think if you're living with that, not well, living with anyone, but particularly your parents, I'm sure there's a lot of people that probably restrict themselves and don't do certain things or don't go out and do certain activities or whatever because they want to keep their parents happy or trying to keep other people happy. Yeah. And you're limiting yourself in that respect. And I think you grow. So I grew so much when I moved out. Yeah. I changed. I mean, those are very formative years when I moved to uni. Yeah. I think having the experience of living abroad, managing things on my own, even though I wasn't financially independent, obviously my parents were helping me out. Mm. But you still learn a lot about yourself. I think it's really an important yeah. thing to do. I don't think it's selfish at all, but that being said, I still feel selfish for wanting to move out now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's because, <clears throat> you know, I, like, so moving out, you definitely learn a lot. Yeah. And it's because you won't immediately, it's not as if you're going to move out at university, you're going to be living with people you don't know that well mm. at first, maybe friends that you've just met, flatmates, that whole, we could do a whole episode about flatmate experiences. I think we probably will, to be yeah, honest, yeah. at some point, because we both had funny experiences. But learning to live with other types of people teaches you a lot about your, about them, but also about, about yourself. You, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and what because you might think you're really easygoing, but and then, then you, realize that you're not, and you're incredibly neurotic and uptight. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely something everyone I know has gone through. But yeah, so there's, there's, but when it comes to why our parents have an issue, or I wouldn't say our parents because our parents have been very open about things and yeah. uh, understanding. Traditional, very traditional families. I think there's an idea about reputation and yeah, image, cultural expectation, yeah. and the approval from the community. And I th- it's almost like the the notion that if you move out, you're up to no good. Yes, and that's what, what brings, are you hiding? Like, yeah, yeah, shame on the family and this, that, and the other. Why do you want to live away? Is it because you want to do things that your parents wouldn't approve of? Yeah. Exactly. Whereas it might just simply be. I mean, you you can speak to this better than I can, but there's no one way of. Let's say let let's take the period of time of a day of five p.m. till you go to sleep mm-hmm. on a weekday yeah. after work. There's no one right way to spend that time. No. So some people I know go to a sports club and work out or yeah. do a sports activity, then they come home or they have dinner there or they have drinks there and they come home and they mm-hmm. eat something in the pub and then they come home. Some people come home and literally have dinner at like six p.m. and then go to bed at nine p.m. There's like, <laughs> there's like, or and some people go out with their friends and yeah, go out for dinner yeah. every night and don't never cook at home. Yeah, yeah. And even when it comes to the little mundane things like the groceries and the bin yeah. day, when's bin day? Who's putting the bins out? Yeah. There's no actual correct way to do things. No, there isn't. But you might feel like the way you do things is the right way and your parents might have their own way of doing things Mm. and it might just be as simple as you don't want to feel tied to their routine yeah 
which isn't because you're going out and like taking drugs and doing going out on the lash yeah, yeah exactly like we all have jobs like I really personally hate I will do it but like whenever a friend of mine is like hey let's catch up are you free on a Tuesday like my heart sinks mm-hmm. because I <laughs> I don't <laughs> think of ways to get out of it well no I do it because I'm like oh maybe that's the only time they're free but I honestly hate being out of the house on Monday Tuesday or Wednesday well, night yeah Thursday's like a 50% up for it and then Friday Saturday Sunday happy yeah but weekdays is a funny thing yeah. like I don't like even on a Sunday night mm, yeah yeah no I don't know what it is yeah well I want to be home by like at least yeah. by 10 o'clock on a Sunday yeah and like if you're going out somewhere you have to get back and everything I'm already thinking about the next day yeah. so I will do it and if any of my friends are listening like don't like don't ask her out Monday Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> No, I've done it plenty of times, but I do feel like... Yeah, and my parents know it. Yeah. Like, they're in constant communication with me. They know that I'm home mm-hmm. every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. <laughs> but, it, so it's not that you're doing any illicit activities, no, but you just, just want to have control do... of your own yeah. life and your own routine. And I think that's... You want to get to the dishes when you want to get to the dishes. Yes, You exactly. want to do this X, Y, Z when yeah. you want to do it. You put some laundry out, it's dry, but you just can't be bothered to fold I, it up. Okay, I'm so guilty of doing that. That's probably yeah. one of my best habits. <laughs> I can never be bothered to put dry laundry away. Yeah. Until I need to wear that thing yes. that's on the dry on the yeah. dryer. That's yeah, so and so like you might wash your clothes on Monday, and then if you live on your own, they can stay on the drying yeah. rack until Sunday. Nobody's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's Every, gonna know. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> gonna be fine. So I think it's often as like people think it's like, oh, why do you want to move out? Is it yeah. this? Is it that? But actually, it might just be you just want control of your own routine. Yeah, you want that space. You want a bit of that freedom, and just well, yeah. To do to live your life on your own terms. Exactly. I think one thing that's interesting as well, and it's something I definitely experienced when I had to go through the whole transition, because I was always close enough to home, mm-hmm. is one of the reservations that comes along with the idea of tradition from our parents' side is this idea of closeness. Mm. But I have always felt that there's real closeness and there's closeness for appearances' sake. Yeah. So you can live under the same roof as somebody and be ships in the night, complete strangers. And to me, that's not valuable. No, no, yeah. Yeah, fine, you've spent X amount of hours under the same roof together. But if you can't have an honest conversation Conversation, and tell them how you feel and they don't know who you are, you can be a stranger and live together. And and we've had that with flatmates and things like that. Yeah, with lots of people. Yeah, so I think like... One of the things I definitely felt when I moved out was making a conscientious effort to communicate really well. Yeah. And so, yes, I live I away think, from... I think there's another thing that makes it easier for your parents because if you're in constant communication, mm. well, re- like relatively good communication with your parents, mm. like it makes it the whole... Yeah, it makes the whole thing easier. The transition a lot easier for them when they know that they'll feel like they're still in the loop, that they're yeah. not leaving them out. And I can't even remember it now, but when I first moved out, I think there were probably lots of times where there were little arguments or like oh why aren't you coming to this why aren't you coming to that and whatever but I don't remember them now because I think there was a point in time in university where I made a decision I was going to call my dad every single day Mm -hmm. and honestly that changed everything because sometimes the conversation is like two minutes long and sometimes it's 45 minutes depending on what's happened and what there is to say but there's an expectation that I will call them and talk to them 
it's also like they just want to know that you're okay isn't exactly it? Like, I remember when I had my whatsapp and I took my last scene off yeah and my mum immediately messaged me being like can you not do that can you put it back on because <laughs> even if you're not messaging me if I can see that you've been on whatsapp yeah that's, that's for me like enough enough yeah to know that you're alive <laughs> yeah because but that's what I'm talking about with this perception of closeness versus yeah. actual closeness because to me, actual closeness is so much more important. Yes. And I would rather I would rather live on the other side of the world for my parents, but have a really good relationship with them where I spoke to them openly and honestly all the time mm. than live in their house and live a separate life. Yeah. And that's something that I think your parents will get there, but they have to you have to get them there. Like yeah. you have to help you them. You have to help them. them. And I think they also see that like Quality is better than quantity with time spent mm. sometimes. Like, I'd rather see them maybe less often, but when we see each other... It's, it's quality time. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't time. always work, right? Like, there are still times when I go home for the weekend and, like, both of my parents are on, like, other sides of the house and I'm just sitting on my own watching TV and I'm wondering, like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, I could just but be in my it, own place. the time is more valuable. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's more intentional. Exactly. But, I mean, on the other hand... There are also differences between men and women, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I do think... Men the- can do what the hell they want. Yeah. Loads of the boys in our family, and not even just our family, but loads of boys that we know, Yeah, able to get away with absolutely... If they said, I'm moving out, their yeah. parents would be like, great. Okay, let's go Ikea and let me buy some stuff for you to <laughs> yeah. go and move out. And I think that's all tied to like the patriarchy and... It's the expectation that we'll stay home and look after the parents while the boys go. Yeah, it's all whatever. kind of tied into like traditional feminine roles, yeah. and which doesn't work because it's like, you wanted us to go to university and get educated. Exactly. Like, what did you expect? we're going to do with that degree yeah and then there's but then I think it's it's important also that we should talk about like what are the positives of parents might have expectations because of their expectations from culture Mm. but there are some positives as well right like if you move home that it can help you save save money to to buy your own place for example like well yeah strong close relationships with your family members and things I think dependent on everybody's personal scenario (laughs) but I think yeah, I think the other thing I thought would be good to mention is about, because um, obviously we, we've we spoken about the fact that a lot of women in our culture mm. move out after they get married, but sometimes they move out mm. and move in with their in-laws. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing. I wonder what that's like. Well, I don't. I think things are changing. I think if I was to speak, I don't have personal experience, but if I was to speak on the experience of my own mum who moved into... Yeah, my mom too moved in home with her in-laws. I mean, it tough. was <laughs> tough. <laughs> Six a.m. It was healthy, curry, it was, clean. It was definitely like a education, yeah. and a baptism of fire. Yeah, I mean, my mom, my mom grew up in India, so she grew up with like maids and people in the house to help with everything, and then suddenly she basically was the maid. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what that kind of life would, would have been like. You think, oh, you're getting married and you have that freedom. Like, ima- I'm imagining your mum as like a young yeah, and woman she was, going, she was yes, also- I'm getting married. I'm getting that independence. I'm going to move up. But then she moves in with her in-laws and it's like, oh. Yeah, I mean, she, the, the other contrast for her was that she was the youngest of her family yeah. and the only daughter. And she married the eldest son of a family. Yeah. So 
suddenly she wasn't seen as like the baby. baby. Yeah. And I think that's a big transition. Yeah, definitely. And they definitely had a lot that harder time. An odd feeling for yeah, her. Yeah, of course. Like my mum tells these stories about when she first moved to the UK and she was like, I remember she, it's funny because she actually really likes cheese now. But I remember <laughs> she was telling me about the first time she tried cheese. She was like, what yeah, is that's this? That's so true. They don't have, really have cheese in India. Like you have yeah. paneer and yeah. stuff, but like not the kinds of cheeses that she we have. She likes like cheddar now. Yeah. But I remember she was like the first, because your dad, for example. Oh. Oh, my dad loves, loves cheese. cheese cheese and pickle and my yeah. mum's never got on board with Branston's but yeah. I think your dad was a big cheese fan and she tried cheese and she was like the first time I was like what is this disgusting thing but also she, like yeah. you tell an Indian pickle they think it's like hot spicy yes. not like some <laughs> sweet chutney type of thing <laughs> that's true but anyway back to what we were talking yeah, about yeah so what about Moving back home after living out, because you've had that experience of living out and then moving home. Tough. It's a real adjustment. I think not just for me, but for mm. my parents as well, because I think obviously you you get you get so... And I was living away for a while and mm. then came back and it's a real adjustment because you're so used to doing things on your own terms. Yeah. And then having to live under somebody else's house rules and things and like constantly letting them know where you're going or what you're doing and, you know, yeah. them, like stuff like that. It it does, it's not much, they're not big things, but actually they add up to make you feel sometimes like... Oh, yeah, I agree. Is, yeah, yeah, this is like, this is actually quite hard. I, yeah, I, I find it quite difficult. I'm sure my parents found it quite difficult as well because I, like, I don't think I'm an easy, like the easiest person to live with. <laughs> but, you know, we are all a little bit neurotic, I think, in our own ways. And I don't think that helps that combination. Yeah, I think everyone helped. likes their own way of doing yeah. things, right? And I think it's even just little things like I noticed when I lived at home for that brief period. And it's it was so nice in a way that I could come home and dinner would be ready oh, and yeah. I wouldn't have to think about it and my mum like would make really nice food and there would always be a really nice meal I would not have to think it was kind of nice to not have the stress of like what am I going to cook tomorrow or I haven't yeah. got anything in the fridge but obviously comes what comes at a cost yes, doesn't it, it that expectation there is a price to yeah, pay the, for it the cost is you have to eat when everyone's eating yeah. you can't just be like I don't feel like dinner yet yeah leave it I'm in. not hungry yeah or like leave mine on the side I'll eat it when I feel like yeah. it yeah which is, it's just like human nature to want free choice, I think, yeah. right? Like, as an adult, you want to be able to choose. Yeah, also, like, just, just dependent. Like, you know, you might have had a big lunch that day. You might not be Yeah, or you, might, you like... might, like, last minute be like, oh, I'm going to have dinner with some friends from work. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't Such want to a create big a thing. big drama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but I made this extra rice and curry for you. Yeah, yeah. and then you're like, I'll take it for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it is hard. It is an adjustment. It's not just the cost in terms of that personal freedom. It's also a cost to your mental health too. Yeah. In other areas, you know. I mm. I know there's certainly been times where I've felt a little bit down because it, it gets to you after a little while, not having that autonomy. and Yeah. I think a lot of parents probably think that they are giving their children autonomy, but there's so many little things that do They think up. that, but what I've been... Incre- as, I, as I'm getting older, mm. <laughs> I am past 30 now, I have started to think about things in a new way, which I never thought of before, which is when I think of a decision I'm making in my life, like a big decision, let's say one day I'm just dreaming and I'm like, what if I move to Australia? Yeah. And then I think... That's a crazy idea. I could never move to Australia. It's so far away from my family. Mm. And then I think, 
how old exactly was my mum and dad when we moved to Australia yeah. when I was a kid? And actually, I calculated and my dad was like late 30s yeah. and my mum, well, maybe he was like early 40s. My mum my mom was like mid 30. Mm-hmm. And it's wild because obviously I see that time and I think of my mum as like this older person. But yeah. when she moved to Australia with my dad and with me and my brother, she was actually like 36. Yeah. And so you have to start it's thinking about it. When you start thinking about it like that, you're like, was she I wondering what her parents were doing? Thinking like, I don't think I she, I don't that think she ever asked her mum and dad. Over the weekend, yeah. And my cousin was like, I was talking about my obviously my birthday and things. Yeah. And my cousin was like, oh, I'd already had one kid by your age, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa, that is so wild to me. It's just like completely yeah. blows your like perspective. And then you see that like, yes, your parents might have expectations and ideas and maybe because we're not married yet, that's why and culturally they see us as like part of their unit until mm. we're married. But actually they were married much younger. So they were making a lot more of these independent decisions, mm. independent of what their parents thought. Yeah. At our age. Yeah. And fine, we're not married, but like that doesn't matter. We're still the same age. It does to them though. That's it a does. Thing because that yeah. once you get that, you know, I yeah. don't know what, what it is. But if you're financially independent... Yeah, it shouldn't really It matter. shouldn't matter, yeah. There is definitely a... I read this thing about... It's something called fam, family allocentrism. Have mm. you heard of it? Mm-mm. I've not heard of it until I read up, um, read up on it. It's definitely something that I think that people of our cultural background probably shares. But it's essentially a collectivist attribute which refers to the family in which the family goals are given priority over personal ones. Mm. And I think that is one of the things that makes stuff like moving out really difficult. Because your personal choices and feelings, desires, whatever, are second to the family until you start your own family uh, until you start your own family yeah and the mar- demarcation of that is you getting married married exactly yeah. yeah which has to change and should hopefully change yeah. over time but i i think that's that's really interesting mm. and i think that is basically how we were raised yeah definitely to think yeah also because i guess what's different for us is that we're second generation immigrants mm. So there was definitely a feeling of like we're foreigners in this land and we, we have stick to together. stick together. Yes. Yeah. Stick Don't together. stray too far away. Yeah. But then for us, it's like we we're born here and we feel like we belong here. So yeah. it's that transition, isn't it? I think I think ultimately, if you're trying to move out or you want to move out and you're wanting to talk about it with your parents, the only advice I could give is try and understand what their reasons are. Because yeah. like, for example, Where that financial thing is not a thing for me, but if it was for your parents, it's something to think about. Yeah. Try and understand their point of view and be respectful. And ultimately, I have always felt that, yes, I want to do certain things in my life, like living independently, but I also love my parents. So I want them to understand that I'm not doing anything because I want to hurt them. And actually, part of that is like making or building. Oh my gosh, stop. I can see her (laughs) eyes welling up. Stop. You're going to make me cry. Part of it is, is, no, part of it is like, Making them understand that it's not because you have any animosity towards yeah, them no. and like that you just want to have a good relationship with them. But you, yeah. but also sometimes you have to do it in order to yeah. have a better relationship. Because I think, yes. I feel like that in my situation, if I'm being yeah. honest, I think my relationship with my family, well, my parents, obviously, mm. so I think it would benefit with a little bit of distance yeah. and making our time together more intentional. Because yeah. I think I am one of those passing ships in the night. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I try, I have been trying to make, be more intentional with my time at home more yeah. recently because I can see 
I'm trying to understand from my dad's perspective how he's feeling and I get it yeah I get it but it's also really hard because you still want to do the things that you want to do yeah and it's like like yeah. for example, for me, like it's it's about them feeling like they're not your last priority. No, no yeah, one yeah. wants to feel like no one who cares about you wants to yeah. feel like you're their last priority. They also don't want to feel abandoned. Yeah, and and, like and, that. and so like even if you're not seeing them all the time, the fact that you make time to phone them every day is like I am dedicated. I'm making sure it's it's a priority for me in my life yeah. that I speak to you every day. Yeah, and even that is enough. And then if there's an important date coming up or an important thing coming up you make the time for that person, right? Yeah. Because people don't feel loved when they feel like you never have time for them yeah. or you only have time for them when you have absolutely nothing else to do. Yeah. And so it's, and if you move away, you then have to be really intentional yeah. about the time you spend. Yeah. This week's Unqualified Advice, we're carrying on with The Guardian's You Be The Judge. This week's one, should my partner stop eating in bed? Our bed is full of scratchy crumbs. (laughs) I issued a food ban years ago, but Harriet completely ignores it. My partner, Harriet, and I have been living together for six years. And the one thing that's not changed during that time is her bed eating habits. That's... I hate... I just... I can't. I mean... I'm not gonna lie. I have. I do eat the occasional snack in bed. I do enjoy having that. that. Sometimes I have like a bit of breakfast in bed, but I don't have things that like are really crumbly. Like that's weird. I. I mean, I'm sorry, but for me, it's like it's an absolute anyway abomination. Like, <laughs> I can't deal with crumbs in the bed. I've had a ban on food in the bedroom for as long as I can remember, but she just ignores it. I hate getting into bed and feeling <laughs> as if I'm lying on sandpaper. The crumbs are scratchy against my legs. Oh, it's horrible. Harriet will deny eating in bed until the cows come home, but I can feel... Oh, why does she deny it? That's so (laughs) stupid. Like, come on. But I can feel bits of crisps and breadcrumbs on me. It drives me mad. It would drive me mad too, Hugo. I'm fully on your side. Sometimes I will make us get out of bed and vacuum the sheets or brush the crumbs out by beating the sheets with a cushion. It's not a very relaxing routine when you're meant to be winding down. That's true. Often Harriet thinks the whole thing is funny. Other times she calls me paranoid. I think the idea of eating in bed is bad for you in a psychological sense. Harriet will stay in bed all day working, but I don't think she does as much as she could. Lying down, surrounded by packets of food, is gross and doesn't set you up for a solid day of work. I prefer to go to a co-working space as I think it's important to put some distance between home and work. Yeah, I think that's really, really true, yeah. It's especially important to create a space between sleeping and working. But if you work in bed all day, that's impossible. I think this is especially true if you work from home. Yeah. You have to create a separate space. It's so much better for your sleep, I think, if you have that boundary. Mm. When I try to tell her off, she says, I'm not being constrained by your patriarchal (laughs) norms. And claims I'm trying to control her. It has nothing to do with the patriarchy. I just like the bed we share to be clean and crumb free. That's not too much to ask, is it? Harriet also says that because she is the one doing most of the cleaning in our flat, she can make whatever mess she wants, but that is ridiculous. We live together and need to make an effort to be clean for each other, otherwise we'll end up justifying any type of bad behaviour. Yeah, true. So I'm going to read from Harriet's perspective. Yeah. I eat everything in bed, (laughs) so she's not hiding it now. (laughs) She's being brutally honest. Yeah. And I usually hide the evidence pretty well. Well, clearly not, because your boyfriend's complaining of crusty, (laughs) crusty stuff stuck against his leg. Exactly. One time I chucked the wrapper of some gluten-free biscuits down the side of the bed. Hugo was not happy when he found it. Well, you're obviously not hiding it very well. No. That's really disgusting as well. Just throw it in the bin. Yeah. Like, 
Hiding it well would be going downstairs and chucking it in the kitchen, like in the kitchen bin or something. I work from home all day as a freelance writer, whereas Hugo uses co-working spaces for his social marketing job. Sometimes I'll eat a whole meal in bed. I, I make sure I take the plate downstairs so Hugo doesn't know. But afterwards, the room can smell of food, so I get caught out. It's hard not to spill things in bed, but I've perfected the art of propping a hard pillow behind me and balancing my plate on of goodies on my other cushion in front of me. I just tuck my chin in a lot when I eat. Food just tastes better in bed. When you look at dogs in the wild or even in a house... <laughs> I can't believe she's using this analogy. A dog. When you give them a delicious piece of food, they retreat to their bed to eat it which has a lot to do with feeling safe and comfortable. I'm like a dog. <laughs> I'm like a dog in that sense. The sort of person who eats in bed is also the sort of person who can't be bothered to go to the shop. That's me. I'll just raid the cupboards and see what's there. I'm, <laughs> I'm partial to rice cakes, crisps, and whatever snacks we have lying around. But these are quite crumbly. Yeah. I've also been known to eat Domino's pizza in bed, which is <gasps> naughty. That is usually safe for when he goes out, as I know I'll get mega told off for that. I've tried to eat less in bed recently, as Hugo really hates it, but it doesn't seem to make a difference to how much I get accused. Well, cause, yeah, because you're still doing it, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, And the, the foods, they're not nice foods to eat in bed. Like, no. crisps and rice crackers, like, no. No. When Hugo and I get into bed at night, I've noticed he's paranoid about crumbs, even when there aren't any. <laughs> that she's probably just he not say, even noticing. Yeah. He, he will say, ugh, the sheets feel like sandpaper on my legs. <laughs> He can be dramatic, but the thing is, most of the time there's no food left in the bed because I'm a clean freak. Okay. I, I find that hard to believe yeah. because you're a clean freak, yet you're chucking the pa- gluten-free Pancake packet down the side of the, the, of the bed. Yeah. Clean freaks don't do that. I remove the crumbs and vacuum and also change the sheets once a week. Yeah, so it's like once a week, a week's worth of crumbs in there. Yeah. Hugo is imagining crumbs. I guess it's a bit like the boy who cried wolf nowadays. He just doesn't believe me. It's probably my fault. Yeah, it is. It I is. have to say, I, I agree with Hugo. I think you're... I think, you know, if you have one or two things in bed, I don't think it's a big deal, like if it's a one-off <laughs> or whatever, but... I think you actually highlighted something really pertinent in the whole thing, right? With the hiding the packet. Yeah. Because it feels she like... She knows it's, it's wrong. Yeah, it feels like it's more... But it also feels like it's more to me than just eating in bed and hiding the eating in bed because if you were really adamant to hide the eating in bed you wouldn't leave the packet by the side of the bed yeah it's almost like she doesn't want to put the packet in the actual bin yeah like maybe she just doesn't want him to know that she's eaten a whole packet of biscuits like do you know what I mean it's like it's a bit like hiding it it's almost like there's another side to it in terms of her hiding it but I still think that just don't do it I just think it's it's a slippery slope like okay I have in my whole life eaten something in bed before, but probably when I was a student. Yeah. And probably when I, may, may, actually to be fair, yeah. As a student, I did sometimes eat in bed because in London, it was very expensive to live in London. So we often used to share flats where yeah. you make the living room into a bedroom. Yeah. So there wasn't really a shared space to eat. Yeah. So you would eat in your room. And even if, even then, yeah. you might not want, like, if you just want a quiet night and you don't want to interact with others, yes. you know, sometimes if you yeah. come back and you're just wanting to be on your own, like, that's fine. Like, you do yeah. do that. So, 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 yeah, so I've definitely eaten in my room and sometimes maybe I've sat on the bed to eat mm. in the past. 
But if you're living with your partner... That's not nice. It's yeah, just, you, and you, he's obviously made it clear that he doesn't like it. Yeah, and she's still doing it. And if they... if I mean, they didn't tell us a few things I'd like to know. Well, she did say they change the sheets once a week. So, okay, fine. So it's fairly tidy if they change the sheets once a week. Secondly... Do they live with anyone else? Because I can, I could, I think I'd be more sympathetic to her if they had flatmates. Yeah. And part of the reason she ate in bed is because she's working from home, in her room, and she doesn't want to sit with the flatmates in the living room or somebody else who lives in that house is working from home in the yeah. living room and she doesn't want to be in the way, so she's just yeah. in her room. It sounds like they live together in their own place. In which case, he's at work. Nobody else is in the house. So what's the difference for sitting on the dining table or in the sofa and eating? Yeah, it's odd. It's, it's, I'm not... I just, I think if you're going to eat in bed, like, eat stuff that is not going to make a mess. Mm. Like, I just think it's a slippery slope, like... though. You're going to, I think, I think for me, now, like, living well, yeah, on my I own... I don't think she should do it at all. Yeah, exactly. But... So I, I think, like, it's like, yeah, fine, certain things. If she's going to do it, maybe certain things better yeah. than others, but... Clearly, he's paranoid about it now. So as long as he thinks she's doing it, he's going to be noticing these crumbs yeah. on his legs. But well, it's not that imaginary, though. Like, surely, like you can actually like, feel see it. And yeah, feel it. yeah. But I do think, like, if you have your own flat to, together, what is the issue yeah. of not sitting in the bed? It's it's just it's weird. It's just not a place for food. No. I can understand drink. It's not even that comfortable to sit in bed and eat tea and. Yeah, but some people have like a yeah, yeah, drinking, yeah. But that's fine. That's different, I think. But, but it's not even that comfortable to sit in the bed and yeah. eat. If you're actually enjoying a meal, you want to be sitting at a, a table, table, really, or on the sofa, max. Yeah. If it's like a bowl thing. But yeah. sorry, Harriet. Sorry, you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong. For for both of us, the post mortem folks. <laughs> yeah. We're on Hugo's side. We hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit about stress. Yes. Stress in our work lives, stress in our studying lives. Personal lives, how family to, lives. How, how to deal with stress. How do you, I don't know how if do either of us deal, deal with, with stress. Uh, badly, is I think the answer. So, yeah. I think I'm terrible with stress. Yeah. And I think I'm, I make my stress much worse, worse by dwelling on things. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get into all things stress next time. Next episode, yeah. Follow us on Instagram at the Postmortem Pod. Uh, share us with your friends and review us because it means a lot. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.